0: bringing you all the buzz on sports in the beehive state it's the hive sports podcast jazz college football bees we got them all so listen up because we we, we got the buzz turn down the wall turn down the wall Happy Cause Monday, BYU fans. I hope you had a Merry Christmas and that you ha- are gonna have a, a Happy New Year this week. Uh, and and you better be happy because you're, you had a, a good bull win and we'll get to that in a minute. But first, let me introduce myself. My name is Daniel Olson and I run the Hive Sports podcast and website and, and the social media. So basically everything, but you can follow us at the Hive Sports on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, and if you're listening on Apple, please uh, feel free to give us a five star review and or rating and write a, a review, and we we can enter you to win some BYU swag. And so, with that out of the way, let's let's get this started. Um, so, so again, first of all, I just again want to wish you a merry Christmas. Um, I saw a lot of you post posting stuff on social media of BYU stuff that you got, and it's really cool to see how dedicated the BYU fan base is because as a sports fan myself, I have a lot of memorabilia from different teams that I like or some that maybe I even don't like, but I just like collecting sports stuff. But um, I saw somebody designed a very intricate byu cornhole set and the design was awesome and they made it for one of their family members who's a big byu fan so so stuff like that is really cool to see so hopefully you keep enjoying the holidays and and get ready to have a fun new year's and look forward to 2021 because if it's anything like 2020 has been for byu sports then it should be good let's just hope that um COVID doesn't put a damper on any postseason runs like it did to basketball last year, but um but yeah, let's talk a little about let's talk a little bit about the bowl game first. Wow, that was a sight to behold on on December twenty second last Tuesday, so the day after the last Cause Monday we I mean on the last episode we previewed this bowl and um and my Co-host Austin, he he predicted BYU would win, um, but who knew that it was going to be by twenty six points? I mean, I thought UCF was a pretty good team, and they were, but like everything just seemed to go wrong with them, and that's no excuse. Like BYU is a big chunk of the reason it went wrong, but I remember, yeah, the interception tip pass that led to an interception. Um, went off the USF hands and into BYU's hands. That was a big momentum swing. Another one was uh, UCF just had a wide open touchdown, but the guy dropped it. Like And that happens on both sides. So, like, players have to make plays even even when things aren't going their way. And BYU just was clicking. Zach Wilson made a catch. Lopini Katoa had a very athletic Catch where you just saw him dive for it. It just looked like a guy his size shouldn't be doing that. Um, but yeah, BYU won this game by a score of 49 to 23. And I have to give a shout out to my guy Rick. Um, so he writes a lot of our BYU content. He's he's a big uh, football fan in general. And um, since he's been writing for us, he's become a big fan of BYU. He, he made two predictions, but but we'll we'll give this to him. He was one point off. So he basically said if the BYU defense shows up, then he was predicting a score of forty nine to forty nine to twenty four, which would have been the case had UCF gone for the extra point instead of the the failed two point conversion. Um, so so then so the score ended up being one point off. He did say that BYU if. Their defense didn't show up, which I mean we rarely we've seen their defense have a couple hiccups, but they only lost one game, so we knew their defense was gonna show up. So um, had they not shown up, then yeah, maybe they would have lost by touchdown in a shootout. Cause UCF has a good offense, but but credit to UCF um, and credit yeah credit to Rick for the the prediction. So Dylan Gabriel he didn't quite get the. Um, he was talking a lot of smack before the game. His, his dad beat BYU the year tied up and won the Heisman in nineteen ninety, so thirty years ago, and and he was not looking like the hyped quarterback that he was. Um, he was lauded as he he was one of the top five, top ten, one of the top quarterbacks all year in passing yards and did really well. But he he was without one receiver. But excuses, excuses like. BYU was without a lot of, there's been a lot a lot of injuries, and BYU just has a next man up mentality, um, game ball definitely has to go to Mr. Zach Wilson, Tyler Algier also got to give credit to him for 173 um, rushing yards and a touchdown, Isaac Rex led the way with five receptions for 96 yards, but. But Zach Wilson, four hundred twenty-five yards, twenty-six out of thirty-four, three touchdowns. So, so with the exception of last year's um, inexplicable loss in the Hawaii Bowl, Zach is two and one in bowl games, um, and he's looked good in both bowl games. Um, I think he was eighteen of eighteen um, in the Idaho Potato Bowl his freshman year. So in two bowl games, he's only he only has eight completions, so, and one thing he did is he made the NFL scouts believe in him, and, and hopefully people will start to be believing in the brand of BYU football, um, I know sometimes as a joke some of those Ute fans say things like, don't get mad at your 10 year old that believes in Santa, there's still people that believe in BYU football, but, you know what, this is a year to, to really believe in the future of BYU football, because Coach Satake, he is—he's doing good. He's got um, a really good offensive coordinator in in Jeff Grimes, and hopefully he can hold on to him. Because um, I don't know—it seems like Jeff Grimes has kind of found his groove, and really—he can really get some trick plays in there, like that flea flicker. That—that was—that was a nice trick play, and. Um, so I I and I know next year there will be some tough competition with some of the Power Five games. Um, I I did a poll on the Hyde Sports or not a poll, just did a a, a tweet just asking how you think BYU will do in P five games and I saw a lot of like four and three and five and two like a lot of hype like the only people saying three wins or less were like Ute fans so um, they might have been wearing. Their, their red sunglasses there, um, but but I think BYU can can do good. Um, we'll get to some some. We'll come up with some New Year's resolutions for them in a minute for all the different sports. But um, but anything else on football? Uh, Peely, Keenan Peely had nine tackles, so he he did well there. The team as a whole, um there was no turnovers in this game, which surprises me. Usually when you win that by that much, it's because you're taking the ball from another team, but BYU just dominated with what well, with what they had. Um the the time of possession was I mean, slightly in BYU's favor with thirty three minutes, but it's not like the um game versus Coastal Carolina where Coastal Carolina and just dominated the possession like both both had about equal possessions of BYU came out on top there. So um, so as far as anything else, let's see. Well, we didn't have any um, field goals here, but Jake the Mink um, was perfect on extra points today. So he finishes the year with, I think, 13 out of 13 field goals, and I think he only missed two extra points that I believe one of them, maybe even two, were blocked. So, so I personally believe he should be the Luke Rosa Award winner. Um, not quite sure who's gonna end up winning. I I don't think he got chosen for um, the finalists. The the twenty twenty finalists are some other people. Um... There's someone from Actually Looks like he did, but um haven't seen who's won. If you go to Lou award dot com, you can vote. And it currently shows oldroids in third, so Wilbert Richard, I don't know how you pronounce that. From Alabama is leading. And I don't know if it's just a fan vote. I, I I'm guessing there's some, um, le- legitimate voters that have a say in it. But Oldroyd is distant third, um, on their website. So if you get a chance, if you search the Groza Award, go go vote for Jake Oldroyd and and help Jimmer the poll. Um, this I think I mean he he's perfect from film goals. I think he has a chance a say in maybe being better than. Jose Borgales from Miami, and Richard from Alabama. I mean, Alabama's winning polls left and right, so why do we have to give it to their kicker? Um, but anyways, we will um, be done on BYU football for for now. Let's talk about BYU basketball. So since we last talked, they won two games. They beat Texas Southern on, on the cause Monday after our podcast was recorded. Um, the leading score there was Brandon Averett. He had a game. Thirty points. Wow. So like Alex Barcell is the leading sc- scorer for the year. But and he had ten points. And Matt Harms had sixteen. But I'm giving the game ball to Brandon Aberett. We usually don't see that level of play from him. Richard Harwood had thirteen points off the bench, so he's your guy off the bench. Um BYU just dominated I mean Texas Southern's a two and five team. Not necessarily a good team. They got boat raced by Auburn. Their, their wins. Yeah, they beat La Torneo. I don't know. That must be a Division two school because they beat them by 43 points. They lost to St. Mary's by 12. Um, they barely beat Wyoming, so got went over that Mountain West school, but lost to Washington State barely and got beat by Oklahoma State by a lot. So, yeah, they're not a great team, but... So credit to BYU for scoring eighty seven points on them and playing well. Um, Weber State, BYU finishes the season unless they play um, somebody in the in the NCAA or one of the other tournaments from the state. They're going to finish the season a perfect the perfect record, be having beaten Weber State, Utah and utah state and i believe ubu um yeah they beat ubu november and westminster if you count them so so five um four division one programs so byu is looking like the dominant team in the state at least as far as head to head goes um we'll have to see how their resume goes when they play some of their tough conference opponents like gonzaga in february but um so yeah, again BYU beating Weaver State by five point, by eight points, excuse me. Um, not a clear front runner in this game, but um, they spread the pie pretty well with Matt Harms with fifteen, Alex Purcell with twelve, A with thirteen. So so three guys on that started finished in double figures. Loner and harvard off the bench yeah they had 11 points each so i think this this was a little bit closer than expected i mean weber's a scrappy team they're always tough out but it seems like byu usually comes out on top here i mean they won the rebounding 41 to 35 their three-point shooting was off six for 22 so to byu for finding ways to just dominate inside Um, that was probably one of the the differences in the game because um, they got those rebounds, some extra possessions um, that led to, yeah, 34 of 66 from the field, and and Weber State actually shot better from three. They had 10 for 29, um, and despite shooting four less free throws, Weber State had a better shooting percentage. BYU was 61% from, from free, the free throw line. And Weber State was 64%. But, yeah, I think just having um, BYU had three less turnovers, so I think just BYU just getting a couple extra possessions was the difference in the game since it made up for for a little bit more of a poor shooting night. I guess you have to credit BYU. I mean, I, I feel like looks like in the paint is where they did their damage because um, I'll have to look, but they had 51% from the field overall, so... Not a poor shooting night if you look at the total, the whole court, but um, but yeah. So on on the two pointers, that's where it seemed like BYU did most of their damage. Like with guys like Matt Harms going six of nine from the field. I'm guessing most of those were from close. Um, but yeah, credit to BYU. They're in basketball. Um, lastly, we'll just get to a little bit of business on. The Hivesports.com. I have to point you over there because we've, we've got a lot of BYU content in the last week. Um, we've been doing something called, so besides some of our recaps, like um, Rick, again, credit to him, he wrote a good recap of the bowl game called Where There's a Wilson, There's a Way. But we have a series called um, The Hive Awards. And so we'll talk about that. Also, the postseason report card. I made a little bit of a hot take, but I just said, like, you can't really put a letter grade in this season because it almost feels incomplete with having played the whole schedule. And I know some BYU fans were, like, probably screaming at their phones. I, I saw some interaction on social media that, yeah, I, I realized it was kind of a hot take. It was a little bit of a trick question or trick answer, if you will. But I just would have loved to see what they could have done against the original schedule because I feel like Maybe they would have gotten more respect from the committee. Um, but th- definitely a passing grade. They passed with flying colors. Um, but now that, yeah, after those, I just wanted to talk about what what we got going on with the Hive Awards. Just It's the end of the 2020 year, and so, like, you see a lot of people. I mean, they have the Emmys, all those. They have the Dundees, if you're a fan of The Office. We have the Hive Awards for... Some of the best athletes in the state of Utah, and BYU made some noise. Um, the best breakout, um, no, the best clutch performance went to Utah State, but the other awards, so far that had um, three or four finalists, went to BYU. Um, as far as the fan vote, and a lot of you fans agree with me. Like um, I, I, I said that Sam Merrill had the most clutch performance in, in that championship run in, against San Diego State with that game winner, beat out, um, TJ Haas and his game winner versus St. Mary's this year. that was a good one by the way. And, and, um, the night before his son, um, Tyson Hogg was born, um, but BYU swept everything else. Most improved player was voted to be Zach Wilson. And he reminds me of 2019 Joe Burrow. I mean, 2018 Joe Burrow, not, I mean, average, maybe at best, and I I won't disrespect Zach too much, because I think he was better than average, but just not consistent, um, and had some injuries as an underclassman, but he looked every bit the upperclassman that he was this year, and and was um, finished eighth in Heisman voting, which I think is a snub. I think there's obviously some PV5 bias, so he edged out. My other finalists, I had Justin Bean and and Jordan Clarkson in there, because I feel like they really shined um, and improved their games. Justin Bean, by the way, on the Aggies, improved his output his sophomore year by 10 points and 10 rebounds a game. He was getting double-doubles left and right. Jordan Clarkson, best field goal percentage of the, of his career last year for the Jazz. Six-six man off the bench. Um, so, also, so best team overwhelmingly voted to be BYU. 11 and 1 BYU football that is um BYU basketball I think was really good and and deserved maybe deserved a little bit more votes but um BYU football was voted by the fans and myself to be the best team so you can check um out my explanations on the com. today I um by the time you listen to this podcast I'll have an article out for best coach um it's it's a little tricky I almost it was hard because I feel like to, it's nice to give other, other teams, other colleges um, nominees, but but when you have only four um, options on Twitter to vote for, um, how can you leave like, like BYU football and BYU basketball is deserving a nominee in in a lot of these polls. So, um, at least as far as best team and best coach go there's there's several options there um so I'm I, I decided to for 2020 at least to put Sataki on the list I was considering Whittingham I feel like head-to-head Whittingham has beaten him every time but this particular year just BYU doesn't go 11-1 very often so I put Sataki ahead and, and Left, um, Whittingham as an honorable mention. Um, Mark Pope is definitely on there for his season. Would have gone to the tournament um, as an at large. Um, Beat beat Gonzaga. I mean, number two Gonzaga. So, and he's proven to be every bit the recruiter that he is a head coach this year with landing Matt Harms, Kale Bloner. Hello, Coach K. (laughs) Um, So. So there's those teams, and then the jazz um, um coach Quinn Snyder he has been like a coach of the year candidate and a good selection most years, but it's a little hard this year he's probably not my front runner um, because lost a three one lead and and six seed um maybe there's a little bit higher expectations with some of the guys we got, but I expect. the the jazz to have a a strong comeback this season many of you byu fans especially the local utahns are jazz fans so let's hope that they can do that um the aggies of 2020 were pretty good and and i give coach craig smith um strong consideration to me it was honestly between smith and sataki i know some of you guys are probably screaming that that yeah head-to-head obviously mark pope won but um and I know sometimes I've had debates with BYU fans, like some some, some of y'all don't think that conference tournaments matter because like whatever fits the narrative, like and I'm not disrespecting like I'm here on a BYU podcast, but BYU hasn't won a conference tournament since two thousand one and I get that regular season tournaments, like you guys won won those, um, you won or yeah, I think you might have well last year you were second to Gonzaga but beat Gonzaga but but yeah i I get that it's hard like most most teams in this state would go second to gonzaga in the w c c so um anyways, I guess my my point is that is that, yeah, I voted for Sataki's team because honestly, all these coaches have something like Quinn Snyder's in the pros, which is has its own set of challenges. I think that Mark Pope had the best win against number two Gonzaga, closely followed by. Aggie's like beating a top five San Diego State team in the championship. Um the best season was probably Satake. Um so that's why I I I have him as my slight choice for the coach of the year and we'll let you fans vote. It's looking like a pretty close race so far. But um but I think it, Satake Sataki was closely followed by Coach Smith because he overcame the most adversity, like because he wasn't used to a losing streak but he started 2020 he's you know those how it started how it's going memes well how it started was pretty poor and how it's going is like great like back to back Mountain West champions and and doing decent this season um but he started the year with 3 losses to begin 2020 and he had never lost consecutive games up to that point as He had a stellar first year, kind of like Mark Pope did. So, um, anyways, I just want to um, say my New Year's resolutions for BYU. They need to find a way to get back to the March Madness, to the big NCAA tournament, big dance, whatever you call it. Um, They would have last year, but, yeah, COVID did a number on them. Hopefully, by then, we have vaccines. We have a way that the games can be played, even if they're with – limited or no fans we need to find a way to get UIU and hopefully Utah State and some some of the other schools back to the Mountain West Tournament or not Mountain West Tournament, <laughs> what are we talking about? The Aggies need to win the Mountain West Tournament and yeah, like more Utah teams make the NCAA tournament for, make some noise for the state. Um, as far as other sports um, like cross country I think um, the championships will be later. He kind of in the winter, like spring time, I don't know, remember the exact date, but hopefully, for for New Year's resolution, BYU should try to sweep the nationals and win in the women's and men's side. Last year, they took second in women's and first in men's. So, um in the other Olympic sports, yeah, you're, you guys are doing good. I don't, I would venture to say, like, people say that, yeah, you, some people say BYU is a football school, maybe some. Basketball lovers might might be thinking, yeah, BYU might become a basketball school. Like in um, last school year calendar, 2019-2020, obviously basketball was better than football. But I would venture to say that BYU could be an Olympic or just all-around sports school because they're winning. I mean, they're they're winning and everywhere, it seems like the academics, like um, – off the off the field they're good I mean we know that with the being a religious school there're really some really good kids there um Nobody's perfect, but yeah, there's some good kids there and and academics but yeah a- athletically like it's not just the money maker basketball and football schools so b y u the the other the other sports it'll only help the university if the other sports can continue to continue to be ranked nationally and compete for championships. Um and then as far as the best um as far as other sports like football, they just need to work on recruiting in the off season. Um I know that there was some hype around some recruits. Hello Jackson Dart. Um that was cool that he listed BYU as one of his um final four um but ultimately chose USC over the Cougars in Arizona State and I can't remember the other team I think it seems like mostly Pac-12 teams in BYU um, but um, it seems like that there's some good recruits there so I think the 2020 resolution should be not to have a drop-off I, th- I think it's hard to to imagine that BYU will go 11-1 and one, especially if Zach Wilson if and when and when he declares for the NFL draft I think he'd be crazy not to with Um, he's projected to go in the first round and like early in the first round um in the early mock drafts so um he should get that money right now because um with a tough um tougher like he plays seven power five teams and say what you will about yeah i guess the power five yeah maybe that's just kind of a like a it's kind of like high school over again with the clicks like the popular kids are power five that seem to get everything that they want like those new Year's six games um to get 11 out of the 12 bids um but um BYU should try to to like I don't want to see another seven and six team even with some of the turnover in the on, on of the players and who knows maybe some of the coaching staff I'd like to see BYU go like improve on that seven and six that they were doing before before this easier year like and even in a tough year with seven power fives, like BYU sh- has proven that they can compete and beat the good G5 teams. So they should try to sweep the G5s. Um, and as an Aggie fan, there's one game I might hope. <laughs> I mean, I, the Aggies are struggling in, in football, so I might just have to wait for basketball. But, um, anyways, so yeah, I've beat. Um, if they can win somehow win more p5 games than they lose they 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 play some tough ones um i don't have the schedule in front of me but if they can win four out of the seven um p5s and almost all of the g5s i think eight and four maybe nine and three would be like i'd be doing cartwheels if i was a byu fan um i don't know if that's enough to get you ranked in the top 25 but with that schedule they should be in consideration for the top 25 like For New Year's 6, sorry, you're going to have to, you're not in the SEC, so you're going to have to um, maybe lose zero. Maybe if you even lose one game, you're still in the New Year's 6 with with the 2021 schedule. So those are some of my New Year's resolutions. So credit to BYU for a great year, and let's look forward to a great 2021, and go Cougs.